It is Tuesday, April 3rd, 2018, and welcome to Econoday Unplugged. I am Ann Picker, Econoday's Chief Economist, and with me today are Jeremy Hawkins in London and Mark Pender here in the U.S. So, Jeremy, what's happening in the Eurozone? Any sign of inflation? Sadly not. At least we're not expecting to see any this week anyway. Um, if I can first kick off a bit on the real economy, I think we talked a little bit in the past about perhaps the Eurozone domestic side isn't doing as well as some investor, investors are anticipating. And well, I think we kind of got more evidence of that this morning. Um, today's Tuesday, um, German retail sales released for February. Now, we know it doesn't matter which country you take around the world, the monthly retail sales data are always going to be very volatile. But here we're talking about a 0.7% monthly drop in February. Um, and this is in volume. So we're talking you know, the actual real side of sales, not including the inflation. Um, they've now declined then for three successive months in Germany. And that's the first time we've seen that since, what, the uh, the period ending February 2009. So if we don't get any revision, um, March is going to have to see a monthly increase of more than 2% just to keep the first quarter flat. Now, bad weather may have had been a factor, but that's certainly not apparent, um, well, certainly at this stage anyway. In any event, it really it doesn't bode very well for Thursday's Eurozone retail sales data. Uh, they've already declined in three of the last four months already. And I suppose if we were to see another decline, then uh, it could well prompt some downward revisions to first quarter GDP growth. Um, we won't get those until uh, May the 2nd. We'll hardly bolster the chances, as you were mentioning, of getting inflation anywhere back near towards target. Now, with regards to that, Wednesday, we'll get the flash HICP inflation figures um, for March. They're expected to show a reasonable bounce up to 1.4% from 1.1%. But as is so often the case, it's most likely to be due to the more volatile components, particularly food. The core rate looks as if it's going to be pretty sticky at around about 1.1%. That would be after 1.0% in the final February numbers. And in other words, that really would just put it back to where it was in the level um, last September. Uh, so it certainly leave a very much a flat underlying trend. And that's clearly not what the ECB wants to see. So if you put it all together, it, it really does suggest that um, you know, domestic demand simply isn't providing the kind of impetus to underlying inflation that the ECB is going to need to see if it's going to feel comfortable about exiting um, its quantitative easing strategy. Um, and indeed, it's not really just the demand side either. If we believe the uh, PMIs, we had the, the final results for the manufacturing sector for March, uh, that was confirmed at an eight-month low. And although the first quarter average, which was 58.2, is pretty good historically by all means, that really masks a very clear deceleration over the period. And within that, we got slowing employment growth and in particular, a sharp decline in orders growth as well. So bottom line there is it looks as if things are going to see a further loss of momentum in terms of GDP once we get into the second quarter. Um, with the same sort of note, I think of the UK, it's a relatively quiet period this week. Expectations are still at this stage for another hike in interest rates on May the 10th. But over the last few days, we have seen some numbers which suggest, similarly to the Eurozone, you know, growth has cooled a little bit over here and increasing signs that inflation has probably peaked as well. So you put that lot together, it's going to start raising some doubts that perhaps uh, may come May the 10th, the bank won't be raising interest rates again. So it certainly leads financial markets all the more susceptible into shocks for uh, shocks uh, between in the data between now and then.
Interesting, Jeremy, this morning the global PMI for manufacturing was released, and it seems as though the slowdown, if you want to call it that, is global. Just about every manufacturing uh, PMI was lower than last month, albeit still so showing growth for the most part, that's, except that's South right. Korea. Yeah, and I think also looking at the components as well, it looks as if, you know, for the key components, we've got slower growth coming through as well. So not right. only is it sort of geographically widespread, but, you know, it's, it's got the, 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 the most important parts as well. So it's going to be interesting. Now, you know, we don't have to go back very long ago, and everyone's getting really concerned about the bottom falling out in the bond market because inflation worries and growth too strong. Well, more of this sort of thing, and, you know, that's going to completely go out the window. Right. Thank you. Mark? Well, uh, the U.S. is an exception to uh, most of this uh, discussion. The uh, similarities are in retail sales, uh, which have fallen um, three months in a row uh, uh, here in the U.S. But this morning, we were getting uh, initial indications from auto manufacturers for a, looks to be a solid bounce back in March um, vehicle sales which is a very positive signal for uh, consumer spending, even though consumer spending uh, has been soft. But the big separation here is the factory sector. Um, the factory sector here is very, very strong. It's, it's showing a, a very visible and convincing acceleration so far this quarter. We, the convincing part is in the government data you know, you're talking about the PMIs and everything, but you know, th this isn't government data. This is uh, small samples and a diffusion index, and um, the durable goods are actual orders and um, in dollar terms. And uh, what we saw uh, at, at the end of last month, what for uh, for the February period was a really noticeable re uh, rebound in capital goods. Um, and this also includes shipments. And this will be a big positive for fixed investment in the first quarter GDP report. But there was strength throughout it. And then yesterday we had the ISM. Now, we have a PMI market economics PMI here for the US, uh, as, you, as the global ones are. But it's not uh, very closely watched. Uh, it comes out 15 minutes before the ISM in an attempt to upstage it. Um, but it, too, is uh, accelerating. And the ISM is really testing record. And, and, this, and this report's been around for 70 years. Really record levels. It started these record levels last year, a full year in advance, which is a little bit mystifying because the, the respondents in the samples uh, report month-to-month -month change in things like new orders and production and these kinds of things. Yet the government data for new orders and production and inventories and unfilled orders um, never showed any uh, similar kind of a strength uh, until now. So uh, the question is, for something like the ISM sample, which is just on fire, and which there's plenty of inflationary signs, plenty of uh, capacity stress in this report, uh, it, it raises the questions of the, of the sample. Maybe the sample is very high end uh, or very strong, very large companies, and it took the um, they may have taken the lead. They uh, uh, and now the rest of the factory sector is coming up. It's open for debate, but in, in any case, there's unquestionably capacity stress 
and the anecdotal small sample state uh, uh, reports coming out of the U.S. Uh, factory sector. Um, and we saw a little bit of an uptick in industrial production uh, in the manufacturing, a very large uptick uh, in the last one um, for, uh, for manufacturing. It has been slow to come on, but it's coming on very convincingly. Um, but really, if you really want to go to the nuts and bolts, and what do you really want to look at for when you're measuring a factory sector, is factory employment. Now, factory employment comes out at the beginning of the month. I was talking about vehicle sales coming out. Uh, today. This is the first indication, hard definitive indication on March. Well, we're going to get uh, the first hard definitive indication on the March factory sector from factory payrolls in the Friday employment report. And these numbers have been very solid, double-digit growth, month in and month out. And the Econo Day consensus is calling for another solid, a, a slower, a little bit of slowing is the expectation for Friday's employment report, understandably, um, because it has been so hot. Uh, that uh, so, so really, I think the factory sector, and if you want to take the, the, the established view from 100 years ago, that demand for goods uh, is a good predictor of overall economic change, even though it represents a small amount of the economy and an ever-diminishing uh, amount of the economy here in the U.S., maybe about 10% now, it used to be 20%. And uh, but still, it's still focused on as a a signal for directional change in the economy. Well, if that's still the case, and if we, the the place to look will be Friday morning in the factory payroll. So, and it, it has this equated yet to inflation? Not yet. What we're getting a little bit of, uh, of expectations for a 0.3 percent rise in uh, average hourly earnings for. Um, the month of March, which is a little bit hot, it's 0.2 percent is the average, and the year-on-year -year rate is going to go up to or expected to go up one tenth to 2.7. Not a great number. It's still not. It's still under three percent, which is where kind of a, a red line when um, uh, pressure in uh, in uh, materials is expected to uh, uh, in, in 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 labor is expected in, to spill over into overall prices. So here the U I think the outlook for the U S is uh, opposite in a way. I think the risk here is a, a, a strengthening economy. Even though the consumer is probably going to keep the GDP for the first quarter subdued, we'll see how that goes for the second and third. Thank you, Mark. <clears throat> Just a word about what's happening down under. Uh, the board of the Reserve Bank of Australia today left its cash interest rate unchanged at 1.5%, where it's been from August 2016. In his statement, Governor Philip Lowe said the RBA's central forecast was for faster growth in 2018 than the 2.4% in 2017. The next set of growth forecasts for 2018 will be released next month on May 6th, along with the quarterly statement on monetary policy. The governor noted that the tightening in financial conditions associated with the increase in U.S. short-term interest rates has flowed through to higher short-term rates in other countries, including Australia. The commentary around the real economy was largely unchanged from the past, 
the lift in consumption growth in late 2017 was noted, but the governor still thinks consumption is one of one area of continuing uncertainty. Regarding the labor market, he said it continues to be ebullient. I think we could describe the U.S. one that way, too. However, he did note that the fall in the unemployment rate seems to have stalled, with the rate falling from 5.9% in February 2017 to 5.5% in January and 5.6% in February 2018. There were some changes in their observations of the world economy. Most notably, equity market volatility has increased, partly because of concerns about the direction of international trade policy from the United States. Prospects for rising inflation were also alluded to due to the tightening of labor markets, but I should add that Inflation data, which are released quarterly in Australia, was last time 1.9% year-on-year, and their target is, which is below their target range of 2 to 3%. Thanks, guys.